shame Moses. Pastor of Ebenezer Assembly of God in Georgetown, Guyana. So uh, he's here to preach for us tonight. God bless you, brother. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit tonight, and guess what I'm going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about prayer. to what Pastor Bill is going to be getting ready to share with you um, in the new month. Because I believe he said he'll be talking um, to us. I'll be here a little bit in June, so that means to me too, concerning uh, prayer. And uh, I didn't, uh, whilst I was back home, asking the Lord, well, you know, just in case I have to share something, then could you please put something in my heart? So what I'm about to share, I didn't just wait until I got here. To hear from God is what I heard from God back home. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We cannot offer too much prayers unto you. And so we continue to commit this time to you and we ask that you would touch us in a very private and personal way. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will continue to move with us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Bill, for allowing me this opportunity to be here uh, tonight. Thank you, church, for allowing me. I want to say also a special thanks to Brother you and his family for hosting me uh, while I'm here. Uh, they have been a tremendous blessing to me um, almost through my entire Christian life, which is over 20 years. And uh, um, I remember I'm going to share just a brief testimony, um, and then I'll share just a little bit of uh, what I believe God wants me to share. And uh, don't worry, you'll, you'll get home in time. Praise the Lord. All right. And, you know, I started attending the church that Brother you and Sister Adrian Day were already attending. And uh, when I got there, uh, I'd moved. I was a country boy uh, growing up in the country. And then I did not grow with my uh, paternal mother, but my grandparents. And uh, at a when I got to be a teenager, they decided that, well, they're going to move this country boy to the city. And that came with all the challenges that you can think about. And uh, one of the things that really helped me in that transition was the church. And uh, since then, I've committed my life to the Lord and stick there. And I haven't been always a good boy. So don't look at me as if, you know, I say that, but during my teenage years... I had ups and downs like anybody else, but God managed to keep me where I belong. And as I grow older, I realize 
that I'm not going to move from this place. This is my home. And this is a place I've come to love. But they have been a tremendous blessing to me. And you know, I just want to acknowledge that um, this evening. Since our encounter, since my meeting with um, Pastor Bill and Pastor James and Brother Yu, when they first visited us at Ebenezer in January of this year, um, I can sense the love and feel uh, the, you know, just the love of Christ radiating from them. And even when I got here, I realized um, it seems really to me like a a close-knit family church. I just want to commend you for that. You know, Brother Phil and um, uh, Brother Pastor Dominic and uh, um, Brother Ralph, when they, the second team that came, they also um, did some tremendous work, which I'm sure you will hear about if you haven't been um, hearing about it already. And there is a little story I know Brother Phil is eagerly waiting to tell you about concerning an avocado salad. (laughs) So I'll leave that story uh, for him. But there's a scripture that I want to leave with you before I share with you what God, just for being a blessing to me personally and to our church. It's taken from Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. It says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And that is what I believe that First Assembly is doing to us at Ebenezer Assembly of God Church all the way in Guyana. Amen. I want to talk a little bit tonight about the confidence in prayer. Confidence in prayer. And the, I'll read a few scriptures and I hope that you can follow me in your, in your uh, Bibles. First John chapter 5 verse 14 says this. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Anybody heard me? He does what? He hears us. Verse number 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. I suspect that many of us here tonight, we have children. And one of the things that God has done in my life is uh, bless me with um, children. And uh, Not biological, but plenty children. What I've discovered in my relationship with my daughter is lots of time God uses our relationship to speak to me. And for instance, she'll ask me for something and uh, I may have just, you know, forgot. Uh, forget about it, and there are sometimes I know that I can't provide it at the time, so I choose to ignore, right? Or sometimes, you know, you just, anybody knows what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Once you have children, they just ask you what, and then you, 
you know, it is worse when you give an answer. And then, and like my daughter, she would come and she would say, but you said, but you said. And, you know, so often God will use those little experiences to speak to me in regards to my relationship with God, my Father. When I pray and I read His Word, and I will go to Him and say, But you said in your Word, and I ask in your Word. And I try to display the same level of faith that my daughter displays in me to provide whatsoever she has asked me to provide. Now Jesus did say that we must become like little children. You know, you can tell a little child, put them up right up on top of this uh, rail here and tell them jump, and they'll just jump. I guarantee you, you will be in a trouble spot to put an adult up there, much less to tell them jump. You understand what I mean? So the level of faith I see her display in me encourages me to increase my level of faith when it comes to God the Father. Because his word says, and guess what folks, the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but not God's word. Everything else will pass away. And if God's word says it, then we have to come to a place where we believe, God, if your word says it, then I believe it, and that settles it. Amen. But it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes because of our past, sometimes because of um, various situations that might have occurred in our lives, there's a part of us that is called the heart. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts, and knoweth all things. Verse 21 says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. What I'm sharing with us tonight is for us to get to a place and to encourage us, more or less, to realize that we ought to be confident in our prayers whenever we pray. Ephesians 6.18 tells us that we are always to pray. You ask me, when do I pray? Well, there are several times that I pray. I pray sometimes when I'm just going down the road just like that, and I'll pray. I don't have a specific time when it is prayer time. Uh, I have times that are not designated prayer times that I will pray. Sometimes I'm driving down the road or walking down the road, especially when I'm walking, I will encounter this situation. I'm walking down the road and, and I'm praying and I'm going about my business and then I'll just, you know, sometimes you just forget you're on the road and you lift up your hands and, and you know, you're so overwhelmed by what God is doing. I lift up my hands and, and just say, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And then somebody will wave at me. But I'm not waving at you. Then I realize I'm waving. Oh no, no. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because there is no specific time that we ought to, men are always to pray. Always, every time. In the good times and the bad times. We are always to pray. Answered, my note says, answered prayer is not due to shouting. 
crying, begging, but a confident faith in God. Confident faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Brethren, God is ready to help us, and he stands ready to help us, even from a position where when we are not ready ourselves. All we need to do is come. And recognize that he is open and he is available and he's ready and wanting to help us. I have discovered this several times in my life as a believer. I remember the very first time I attempted to buy a car and I didn't have the money to buy the car. I don't know why I attempted to buy the car because I did not have the money to buy the car. But what was happening at the time just caused my faith to be elevated and, and what was happening is that there were lots of accidents around the area I was living in and I always had a vehicle but it was never mine and so my friends had vehicle and I would always have access they'll come they'll say Shane you can you know it's there the keys you have the keys and I thank God for that but I wanted to have mine And the accidents were, and I said to God, God, I believe in you now for a car. And I opened our local newspapers and I went through the pages. As we do it, we advertise, and that way I guess you do the same thing here. And I saw a car that I had really wanted since I was much younger. It wasn't a good car. I believe you would call it here a lemon. I don't know if mine was an orange or a tangerine or whatever it was, but I can tell you it wasn't new and it wasn't in all that good shape. But I wanted to get out of the public transportation system. And all I wanted was a car of my own. And I went to the man the afternoon. I called him on the telephone and I said, I'm coming over to inspect the car and to see if I would really want to have it. And he said, well, sure, you can come, but there are other people who are coming also. I said, boy, you know how to dampen somebody's spirit already. But I went anyway, and while I was there, I, the guy was so possessive. I don't know, he was so restrictive that he didn't even allow me to start the car or, or to drive the car for a test drive. But I knew that that was the car I wanted. So I put my hands on the car, and he says, you know what? I told him, this is the car I wanted, and, uh, and how much is it? And he told me the price. Now, don't, don't go through the ground when I tell you the price. Our money is a little bit different to yours. So it cost me $900,000 for the car. <laughs> Guyanese dollars. It's not U.S. dollars. So, he asked me, how am I going to pay? Remember, I did not have any money. Not even in the bank. And the, I know that if I'm going to buy the car, I don't have cash, that's one. And two, I already did my homework and I know from the bank that I needed at least 25% of the cost price on the bank to be able to be eligible in the first place for a loan. I didn't have any. 
but I had God. You didn't hear me just now. I said, I didn't have any money, but I had Jesus. So I went and I inspected. And then he said, well, you know, there's another guy who's coming. I, oh, I told him, I said, I'm going to use the bank. He said, oh, I didn't want the bank. I wanted cash. I said, all right. I said, but I'm going to use the bank. And, I, you know, I tried to convince him that it's legitimate business and it's more secure because you would get the check. I wouldn't even get the check. He said, there's another guy who's coming and he wants to pay cash. So um, I said, all right, that's fine. Before I could even finish, here comes the guy who wants to pay cash. I went home that evening, and as I was going home, I was leaving the yard, I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you give me favor over the man that is going to pay cash for the car. I pray that you give me favor. I didn't fast. I didn't cry. Well, all of that sometimes do happen. I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't. And I went home that night, and I just made a simple prayer, and I said, God, I'm believing you to do a miracle. Very early the next morning, the man calls me. He said, Mr. Moses, are you the person that wants to buy the car? I said, yes, sir, I am. He says, well, we speak two languages. We speak English and then broken English. So if you're going to understand me now, I'm going to speak in the broken English. So the man says to me, I'm not bother with the man who sell the car to him because me sell you the car. Anybody understood what I just said? Apart from the Guyanese people. Because I know you all understand. What he said to me is that I am not going to sell the other guy the car because he sounds and seems to be a crook. But I'm going to sell you the car. Hallelujah. I believe God and eventually I was the owner of that car. I didn't know how God worked it out, but very soon after that, somebody made a deposit into my bank account that I didn't know about and made me eligible to receive a loan from the bank. So I believe in being confident in prayer because I've experienced it in my own life several times where God has done mighty things in my own life. Pastor Bill is a perfect example. God has been speaking to me concerning certain things. And after a while, you know when God speaks to you and, you know, nothing happens for a little while, you begin to wonder, was it really God? God, was this really you? Because there's no sign, there's nothing to indicate that, well, what you said is, is even beginning to take shape or beginning to come close to what you said. And then out of the blues... Pastor Jordan, Pastor Bill, but you showed up at Ebenezer. And he started from the very first time to confirm some things God has been saying to me that is going to happen. And I didn't know how it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. I'm trusting the Lord for years that it happened. And then just about that time, and I was thinking, man, I don't know. 
Maybe this is my own wishful thinking. Maybe this is my desire. I want this. God, maybe you didn't want. What is it you want? Bam. God use your pastor to show up as confirmation to things that he had said to me concerning what he wants to do. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, we ought to give God praise for that. Answer to prayer must be according to the will of God. Not our own will. You know, even Jesus, just before his time had come, he began to pray. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't know, but I'm thinking in my sanctified imagination that Jesus must have heard himself in that prayer when he began praying. If it's possible, let this cup pass. And then right after that, he probably heard himself and he said this, Nevertheless, it's not what I want. That's what you want. It's not what I desire, but it's what you desire. And oftentimes, you know, sometimes our desire can be in conflict in contradiction to what God's desire is. And we must seek to have our desires aligned with the desires of the Lord God. We must seek to have our desires aligned to His will. And when we do that, we will live in fulfillment of the plan of God for what He wants to establish in our lives. Brethren, Abraham prayed and Lot was spared. Jacob prayed and his brother's wrath was turned away. Moses prayed and the Red Sea was parted. Asa prayed and the victory was gained. Jehoshaphat prayed and God turned away his foes. Hezekiah prayed and we see 185,000 Assyrians died because they prayed. Prayer is still relevant today in our church. Prayer must be made every day in every situation. We must find time and pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. Daniel prayed and the lion's mouth was closed. Can you imagine perfect meat ready to be devoured? And the lions decided that Daniel was somehow indigestible. Somehow Daniel was no longer good meat. Only God can do things like that. It is only God who can do things like that. Can make the impossible possible. Isn't that what he told Mary? That for with man things are impossible. But with God nothing shall be impossible. That's the kind of God we serve. Absolutely nothing. So Daniel prayed and the lion's mouth was stayed. It was closed. Elijah prayed and the heavens were shut up for three and a half years. And then he prayed again. And guess what? It rained. I remember reading these verses and I remember, brother, you, the open ears that we used to have back in Guyana. I remember there was one time that we went out to have an open air meeting and these are little street corner meetings that we would usually have and we would just take out something less bigger than this. We have a loudspeaker and we will just sing and we'll preach and we'll give an altar call. 
And I remember one day when we went out to have an open air like this, it started to rain. And I said, boy, are we going to be embarrassed here today? Because we are here to do God's work and here comes the rain. And I remember we, a group of us as believers, we started to pray. And we remembered, I remembered how my older fathers in the faith, who we, we used to hear their testimonies. And when I sit with my elders and they will rehearse in my ears how God did it for them way back then. How God this, did, did this notable miracle for them way back when. And I would tell my elders, Pastor Bill, respectfully, I love your, the miracles that you did. I love the miracles that you prayed for and God worked. But your miracles are not going to carry me. I need my own miracles in my own life. I need to know God for myself. Respectfully, I need to experience these miracles in my own life. Because if you depend on other people's miracles... After a while, you'll be running on fumes. And then when you run on fumes, guess what happens? After a while, car just cuts out. You must know the Lord for yourself. You must have a relationship with Him for yourself. You must experience the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself. And I remember hearing those and I always challenge myself that, you know, I want to be able to pray. Peter is my favorite disciple because a lot of times I mirror him by the things we do. And, and so I, I like Peter. And one of the things about Peter is that Peter stood up one day and preached and over 3,000 people got saved. I haven't preached like that as yet. Maybe someday. But it's not about preaching really. One of the things I love about Peter is that when Peter really got to himself, the Bible says that the shadow. Can you imagine that? This man who denied Jesus. A shadow as he walked by healed people. That's how connected he got with the Lord. That's how we ought to be connected. That the, the, the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus Christ must be oozing from us. When we go places, they, uh, the, the glory of the Lord must radiate in our lives. The presence of God. The Bible tells me that when Moses came down from the mount that there was the glory of God over him. What about you and I when we walk our streets? When we have encounters with people? Without, without we, without us telling them I'm a believer, can they sense that we are a believer? Can they, can they feel something different? Is there the presence of God oozing from our lives like it did? Elijah prayed. I like Elijah. Elijah prayed. This is the type of confidence I am talking about. In Kings 18, Elijah encounters the prophets of Baal. And man, what faith 
and confidence Elijah demonstrated. I believe that perhaps not very long from now, we as a church, as believers, will have to stand and demonstrate the power of God in like manner. Because as we look around our world today, there are lots of religious people that are coming up all over the place, mushrooming up all over, and they do not really represent Jesus. And there is a time coming when the true church of God will have to stand up and say, if God be God, then serve him, and if Baal be Baal, then serve him. Let's prove who the true and living God really is. Let's prove who the true and living God really is. Elijah in Kings 18, he, he mocked them. You know the story. I'm just reminding us. He mocked them. He says, call aloud. Maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe your God is maybe attending to somebody else. Can you imagine the kind of confidence Elijah had in his God? Can you imagine that level of confidence how about if we can, can get that same level of confidence that when we pray, God hears us. And not only that he hears us, but he is ready to answer. The Bible in, Elijah, in, in Isaiah says that our God is not like the, the other gods. He have, they have ears, but they cannot hear. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have hands, but they cannot do anything. Our God is alive and well. Our God is powerful, hallelujah, and he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think. That's the kind of God I serve. I, I, I can testify over and over because most of what I have, personally, I didn't work for it. I can't afford it. Most of what I have is as a result of God blessing me. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not showing off or anything, but I'm just showing you that I believe in a God who rewards. I humbly submit to us that today, that I believe in a God who, hum, who rewards. If we demonstrate our faith in God, God is going to reward us. Let us just activate that faith. The Bible says, Jesus taught me, if we have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Can you imagine that? Elijah mocked. He mocked them. And when it was time for his turn, he repaired the altars. My, my. He repaired the altars and then he called on his God. And the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice. What level of confidence did he display? Elijah mocked them. I remember when I was learning to drive. My very good friend who was no longer alive. I remember seeing him. We were in a, a, a very nice Mark II. And I guess that is um, a Toyota Mark II. And my very first car was a Toyota Mark II. And when I was learning to drive, there was a stick shift. And my friend Carl, he allowed me in the car. He says, drive, Shane. So 
I got into the car and I started to drive, but it was a stick shift. So every time I wanted to stop, I would only mash the brake. And so the car would cut out. Some of you know why already. But he would laugh at me. I could see him just sitting right there laughing at me, laughing at me, laughing at me confidently. Knowing that I will never get it until he tells me what is it I'm not doing. Confidently sitting over there laughing at me. And then after he had enough of laughing with me, or at me, because I wasn't laughing. He says to me, you are not using the clutch. You have to clutch in. I don't know if you say it the same way. You have to press the clutch. Every time you want to stop, you have to press the clutch. Could you imagine Elijah laughing at these folks, knowing that they were never going to get that fire done? Could you imagine in a similar manner, Elijah was laughing at them, mocking at them, knowing that they were, no matter how hard they cry, no matter how much they roll up on the ground, no matter how much they turn sideways, backways, upside down, nothing was going to happen because they were not calling on the right God. So it was never going to happen. Then it was his turn. He called on the name that is above every name. And things happen. Do we have confidence in our God? I just want to give us four things and then I'm going to close. Our confidence in God will give us inner strength. When we have confidence in God, we will receive inner strength. There's a very familiar portion of scripture in Isaiah chapter 4 to verse 31. And I'm sure that we can recite it with thoughts about those that wait upon the Lord shall renew in their strength. How they shall mount up with wings. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15 also says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall he be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall he your strength. And you would not. Judah did not want to return to God. And God had promised them that if they had returned, that in him, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. But they went away. If we maintain our position in the Lord, we will receive inner strength. Number two, if our confidence in God will give us steadfastness in God's promises. We see in Romans chapter 4 verse 21, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to fulfill. Steadfastness. We will be when we are confident in the Lord Jesus Christ. The third one is the victory in tough times. What do we do in tough times? Hear what the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 2. It says, but even after that we had suffered before, 
and were shamefully entreated. As you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God which with much contention. In tough times, we are not called to crumble. In difficult times, we are not called to give up. The Bible says, the wise man, if we faint in the day of our adversity, it is a sign, it shows that our strength is small. If you are a believer, it is time for us to be steadfast. Unmovable, Paul says, always abounding in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Too many times, as soon as something happens in our lives, we are ready to give up. We are ready to throw in the towel. We are ready to become frustrated. We are ready to, to become angry. But in those times, we ought to persevere. We should remember to draw inner strength because of the confidence we have in our God. I don't know, but again, children reminds me. When you're, if, if your child needs something, I guarantee you, they will not come and ask shame because they don't know shame. They don't have confidence in shame. But your child will come and ask you because they have confidence that you will provide what they're asking for. We belong to God. We can cry, Abba, Father. We can go to him and cry, Abba, Father. I'm not saying that you're going to have what you, well, I'm not saying you're going to have what, what you, you cry unto him that you're going to have always because that's between you and him. You've got to know if it matches, lines up with his will or not. And he's got to determine the time and the season. But this I know for sure according to what the scripture says, that in his time, he makes all things beautiful. In his time, a lot of things we, we will want whenever we want them. But look at our relationship again with, between us and our children. We, our children will come and ask us for several things at different times. But we determine when they're going to get it. We determine how and when they're going to get it. And not all the time. What they're asking for is not bad. But still we make that determination. But I don't think you're ready for this. We say that to ourselves and we you know, sometimes we tell them, I don't think you're ready for this right now, maybe a month later or, or maybe next year or, or whenever. We determine. And God determines when we're going to receive what we want. And the final one in verse in Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. Is when we have confidence in God, it will give us endurance to finish the course, just like Paul. And he says, I have fought a good fight. He had this assurance. I know, Paul says, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I know. Because of this, henceforth, there's a crown laid up for me. You can only do that when you have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can only speak like that when you have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we pray, we can come boldly before him and declare it. I am confident 
in the God that I serve that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ever ask or think. That just blows my mind because I'm thinking in my own natural mind. God, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ever ask or think. I haven't even think about it yet. And you're able to do that. And we are still fretting ourselves over what we can think about. And God is saying, I'm ready to do what you haven't even thought about as yet. Let's elevate our confidence in the God that we serve. Jehovah God. Amen. 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 I want to ask you to pray with me. Hallelujah. That we would 